This episode is brought to you by CEP Compression Australia. CEP Compression Apparel gives the user more energy, greater endurance and enhanced performance during activities. For a discount at CEP, use the following code online, local legends in running. Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories from local legends of Australian running that you've simply always wanted to hear. Today in episode 24, I interview Brisbane runner Rory McHugh. Although still quite a young man, Rory's life to date has certainly seen some darker times. After drinking his way through his late teens and early 20s, Rory found running as a way of curtailing such habits that were inevitably leading to poor mental health. Today, he's a strong advocate for positive mental health, demonstrated clearly by his contributions to the Move for November course. In fact, in 2021, Rory ran a marathon every day for the month of November to raise money for the cause and awareness for mental health. This weekend, the 11th and 12th of November, 2022, Rory will run a whopping 180k straight in a different way this time of moving for November as part of his contributions this year. Starting at 10 p.m. on Friday night and finishing at 5 on Saturday at the well-known New Farm Park, he jokes that he is expecting a Ned Brockman-type scene as he finishes such a feat. So as always, sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing from the inspirational Rory as he discusses such challenges and their impact on his mental health. Yeah. yeah, I've got you, mate. How are you going? Holy Jones. I'm fantastic. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. I've actually been off work for a bit uh, with a virus, mm. so really good to be back at work, actually. And I haven't done one of these for about two weeks. I'm feeling a little bit rusty coming into this one, but uh, I'm sure it will come back to me pretty quickly. Yeah, no doubt at all. No doubt at all. And yourself? Did you have much running on the weekend? Um, I had a little bit of running, had a bit of a, just a couple back to back, like 10 odd Ks. Um, I got a theory that you run 10 K, you can run a hundred. So <laughs> a lot of my training. I did oh. see that. I thought, oh, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> it's worked for me so far. <laughs> well, you've got a, you've got a few wild theories, hence one of the reasons to have you on here. I know yeah. you've been very much amongst the just the fact of mental health playing a big part of running and particularly amongst Movember. And also like I've brought up in the, in the last sort of even five to 10 interviews, the, the fact about a lot of these mental health running groups becoming fairly apparent around Brisbane. Uh, you know, we look at the rebound club and Katie Dow's group there run the North. Uh, and then like those more one-off things like more than a run and that kind of concept too, that, you've definitely been a part of. I know a lot of your stuff solo, but they're looking to forward, looking forward to hearing about uh, your thoughts and all that too in the last few years. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been a big growth over the last couple of years. I think um, just running creates that space where 
um, you can you just feel more open to have. I sort of think of it as like it just puts you in those two AM conversations from the start because like you just buggered, and so you just sort of straight into the the more open conversation. Like you know, when you're running, you don't really feel like talking about the weather or Tuesday or you know what I mean. Like it's sort of like you just talk about more honest things pretty earlier on. I just wanted to touch on as well. This comes off the back of last year when you was it November you actually did the marathon marathon every day for the month of yeah. November. Is that right? It was indeed. Yeah, every day of November. Yeah, yeah. yeah because I recall someone. It might have actually been one of my brothers, uh, and you've you've probably heard of a few of mine, five of them who went through Maris College like yourself. But I re- remember one of them. I think bringing up the fact that, oh, they asked me, oh, have you heard about this? Um, little McHugh kid he's he's running a marathon I mean you know he's run a marathon for like the last four days each day and I said oh no I, I haven't but uh, I might have to check it out and I think I jumped on your Strava um, and and it being confirmed but yeah you, you'd run one every day all the way through, mm. the, through the month which was awesome so we'll come back to that as well to talk about that which I think will give some insight into your passion for the cause and for, for mental health, if that sounds all cool with you. Sounds good to me. And then, of course, uh, probably the biggest reason I wanted to time this one for this week was your 180K run for November this weekend. So we'll touch on that as well. Sounds good. Yeah. So, hey, you've got two brothers, right? Um, no, i got three, actually. Three? Two just finished, two finished at Marks Brothers, but i got three. Yeah, so is it? It's Pat and Connor who went through Maris yeah. College. Yeah, correct. And the yep. other one, Kieran. He um, he left at the end of grade ten, and he should have fin- he would have finished in 09. So he was sort of between um, Patty and Connor, but he he ended up finishing at Mossman State High School. Yeah, okay. And you're the youngest of the lot. I am the baby of the lot. Yeah. So how, how yeah, are they? How are they going with you doing all this running now? And making a bit of a, a scene of it all. Yeah, I mean, oh, I think it's a bit ridiculous at times, especially because, <laughs> <laughs> like, they generally don't run anymore. And we were never like, it was never like a running family. We're never like, a, like, dad and mum definitely didn't run. Um, we ran, we ran just to get fit for footy. We're a very footy family, so it was just get fit for footy. Um, and then so it sort of like came as a shock when I first told them, I was like, oh, I'm actually, cause like they sort of knew that I started running. And when I told them about like my November plans last year, they were just like, what, where has this come from? Sort of thing. So it was a bit of a shock to them all, um, as, yep. as it was to most people really. Yeah, I've definitely seen you out there in the, in the running shorts, the, the sorry, the, the rugby shorts from running. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my get up, the old cotton shirt and footy shorts. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess a bit of a context around that as well uh, for you and I. Like we we've known of each other for the last uh, year or so, or even like this story probably stems back. And I've got a theory that I actually taught you at Morris College as a relief teacher. Uh, like this would have been about ten to twelve years ago. I think we briefly spoke about it at some point in the last year or so as well. Um, yeah. I definitely remember you being an energetic kid, if it was you, uh, and a bit of a pain, but certainly one with enthusiasm. And uh, yeah, it's no surprise that you're doing things like this now. But yeah, your brother had finished a couple of years below me, Pat, uh, who we had a connection with for years because of my brother also finishing in uh, 2007. 
So yeah, a mm. few connections in there between you and I, I guess that's been a bit weaker, but uh, yeah, I guess that tells a bit of a story. It does indeed. Yeah, I think um, I think I was definitely at boarding when you were a supervisor there, but I'm not sure if you're like ever on our door, on our door, I'm like full time, but you're definitely around. And I was definitely the energetic little shit. Oh, I did some tutoring. I don't think I was a supervisor at any point, but I was definitely good friends with a few Story supervisors. So I might have been around there yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, and so these days, what's the what's on the work agenda? I work um, at the Wesley Hospital, just like in admissions and um, like the reception and stuff. But I also, where I'm now is uh, like a special, it's like after school care for special needs kids. So I sort of work that on my afternoons as well. Yeah, okay. So are you studying in that field of, of, of uh, nursing or anything hospital related? Yeah, studying the dual degree paramedics and nursing. Oh, so I'm like halfway sweet. through it. Two yeah. out of four years done. Yeah, okay. Dream job? <laughs> Mossman ambulance driver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. back home and be the ambulance driver at home. Mossman or Port Douglas. Oh, fantastic. I'm I mean, sure, dream, sure dream fun. job, probably. Dream, dream job is probably out of a helicopter at Mackay, but they're pretty hard to get. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, we'll see where it takes you, I guess. And in terms of, uh, mm. like, are you are you early 20s? Are you around 23 or 4 or something? Yeah. 25 in April. 25 April. Okay. Yeah. So certainly uh, a good time to really start pushing the running, but... I did ask you, and as I have on previous guests, to send through your PBs for running, and you and I sort of mm. asked for the more uh, standard events like you know five and ten k. You didn't have too much for me because a lot of your running has been um, quite ad hoc and at, at those sort of ultra levels and are a bit random. So um, yeah, yeah, we'll get to those shortly. But I mean, in terms of like living as well, you're you're are you based in Brisbane at the moment? Yeah, I live in Newmarket. With Connor. Oh, yeah, okay. And what's he doing for work? He works for like roadie pool services. And then he's got like two subjects left of primary school degree. Right. So single man there living with Connor? Myself? No, I'm not. <laughs> Connor is. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, no, it's good. And your partner then run as well? No, not quite. Actually, they're not. I wouldn't call them a runner actually yeah. i think they they do a couple k's in the treadmill at the end of their gym session but they're not really you know saturday morning let's go for 20 k's sort of thing yeah which is okay that's sort of my thing anyway so i think you need your certain certain things that you do separate and that's just run, running's one of them yes and outside of running then how, how do you feel time away from work and running um geez no exercise generally is the time at the moment <laughs> I mean, like I trained a lot this year and especially now leading up to Friday Saturday a lot of the spare time has just been you know focused on the goal at hand um, but like during the summer I love spending time on the beach and stuff and just whatever outdoorsy climbing yeah so back on like yeah, more of the much. exercise because I've seen you riding a bit as well are you are you in the full, mm. full lycra kit now out on the river loop or um Top half. Yeah, I'll still wear the footy shorts, but I'll wear, I'll wear a jersey so I can carry my phone and wallet and stuff. Uh, so when <laughs> it's will hard you to get convert, me out of these footy shorts. When will you convert to the full lycra? Oh, look. 
I'm not sure yet. That's still that's still the running joke in the peloton. Is <laughs> when, when I'm going to fully commit. But yeah, yeah, you're we'll certainly see. maintaining we'll a pretty see. good pace then for for riding in short. Yeah, well, thank you. On on important days, I wear just the skin to make me go faster. But yeah, generally on the river loops, I wear footy shorts. I love it. That's hilarious. Hey, so <laughs> let's let's get into the the background before we talk about these you know last year's Movember feet and then uh this weekend's so in terms of like your upbringing with your parents family and stuff did running play any part at all as you mentioned earlier you said your parents haven't been much into it yeah not really I mean we're always encouraged to like do cross country especially at primary school like running was sort of encouraged to do but it was always from like do as I say, don't do as I do. Like mum and dad wouldn't run. Mum and dad are not the runners. Um, and like my older siblings would always stay fit until they all probably stayed fit until about 21, 22. And then like, I guess life took over for them. But um, yeah, so growing up, it wasn't really on the forefront. It was just stay active. Like, and you would run very unroutinely. But it, yeah, it was never, it was never the driving force growing up. But I always loved it. Like I love cross country and I love I know, running through the cane paddocks or like like having fun running, not really like training or anything, but like we'd run around all the time. And that's sort of where the love developed. Yeah. So in primary school, did you feature at all uh, higher up in the ranks in finishing events or not? I, oh, look, I, I come from a very small primary school. So I was generally <laughs> on the podium. Yeah. But then as soon as I got to like, like even when we went to Cairns, I wouldn't, I was top 10 one year. I made Peninsula one year, but like that was, that was as far as the cross country went. Like at, at high school, I was never in the, on the podium sort of thing. Yeah. So where, where was primary school for you? Where'd you go? Mossman at the Catholic school in Mossman, like final Queensland. What, so what's the full name of it? Moss, Mossman Catholic primary school or something, is it? St. Augustine's Catholic primary. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So what, what was, so roughly the numbers of the whole school from years or prep or year one to six? Oh, yeah. Let's go 22 kids a grade. So seven twos, 150 kids. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. <laughs> a bit easy to make yeah. podiums. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, you know, 22 kids and then like 11 boys, 11 girls. So it was like, it was three out of 11 chance to make podium. So podium, I did feature on a couple of podiums at primary school. And how was the, how was the course up there? Did they run it just around the local fields? Was there anything unique about it in primary school? Um, yeah, we actually like ran like often it'd be like around the cane paddocks and through a creek and then finish on like the footy field. Um, obviously back then it was only like a cane a bit. So you'd go around, yeah, just like, the footy oval and a cane paddock or two and then through the creek do a little loop and come back and finish on the footy oval yeah yeah okay and then you transitioned into to, that must was that year seven or eight at that point in time tamaris was year seven a part of yeah high school then no nah, year year eight was high school yeah yeah okay so how did the running look at uh maris college did you get involved in the cross-country program i did eight nine i was involved i was like shadow first year second year or for like first or second shadow in in both grade eight and grade nine and then grade 10 i didn't even do it i think it was 
I was late to hit puberty and so I was still chubby and that sort of like baby fat and just not as fit or athletic as the rest of the cohort by 15. So I didn't actually even do it. And then grade 11 and 12, I got back into it and I was probably seventh both years, seventh runner both years of our grade. Yeah, within the within the school, but uh, overall, that'd be a higher number then, around the, what, 50s something or? No, nah, actually, in year 12, I actually finished third in our grade on the day, and then on the day, we came 14. Yeah, that's uh, the AIC then. Yeah, I mean, we were very yeah. strong. Yeah. Like, Ash Grove went, I went through. I don't know what it's like now at the moment, but, like, we were very strong. So, we had, like, our top six in the top 20 sort of thing. Like, we were just a very strong running grade at AIC. Well, any idea of times? The 6K, I, I assume, still part of the Limestone Park run there? Yeah, it was. I have vague memories of doing like a 22. Vague memories, but couldn't confirm. I know that like the winner, the best I'd ever seen was like Liam and Max, Liam Woollett and Max Newman. When I was in year nine, they ran like sub 19 at Limestone, but I don't think we were quite that um, finesse. So they were both at Maris College, were they? Mm, yeah, they finished in 2012. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, definitely fast runners. Liam's been riddled yeah. with a few injuries, but... It has been. Most definitely, yeah, good runners. Who was coaching down there too at, uh, at Maris across that time? Yeah, it sort of shifted from like the, the Peter Lehman days into like Peter Lehman, Derek Cameron sort of early days. And then it sort of shifted. I think Paddy Webster was running the show at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was, a, there was a range like Darcy Hill was a coach there for a year. Grunner was a coach for a year. Fogarty was a coach for a year. Sort of shifted. That was sort of like a changing phase from when the three who did it forever were finally like tags and stuff. And when they all finally retired, it was sort of like my years when we were going through that that whole change was sort of changing. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, the rugby earlier. Did you play uh, union there at Maris at the time? Any other sports? Oh, sort of all of them as you do as a border and you like again coming from Mossman there was like you just play league and then you wouldn't do anything over the summer and like coming down there it was just like term one you could do cricket term two you'd play rugby like and you do cross country and then like you do athletics and basketball you just do everything because you just loved sport and there was so much sport when I finally moved to boarding school and was there rugby league there at the time or was that, was that a newer addition in the last sort of handful of nah. years? Yeah, that came the year after I left, actually. Yeah, so what position would you play in league if you had your chance at Marist? Oh, six, seven, nine sort of thing. Seven or nine sort of thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, would you, would you uh, dust up Paddy McHugh on the field? Put a good shot on him? <laughs> uh, no, I'll have to say no. I mean, it would depend. <laughs> At the same age, he was probably better than me. I did call him out one day um, and said and said run it straight, but he had like 30-odd kegs on me at the time, so he did run over me. Um, so, no, nah, probably not at relativity or like current day. Now I'd probably do all right, but, yeah, he was pretty good at footy. Yes, it seems like he had a, a pretty good variety, but was there, looking back now, was there most definitely an aspect of, of enjoyment by the fact that uh, – you you more than likely felt better mentally and emotionally 
day to day, week to week by being involved in all this sport? Yeah, probably just like the involvement of like other people and just being around and like playing sport, you're having a good time. Whether it's, I mean, pretty fortunate going to Ashgrove, you didn't lose very often. So there's often like the winning component with sport. And so like that's obviously it's always fun being a competitive teenager and winning with like, you know, if it was rugby with 15 of your best mates or like cross country, we'd have like 30 odd boys down there training every day, like just in your age group. So like just, yeah, being around others and stuff, it was always just a, a fun atmosphere, which is similar to like the running clubs these days, I guess. Yeah. And then post-school, you so as you're boarding, where did where did you just you move to initially? Was it the same place as you are now uh, after school? No, so I'm a bit never in the one spot. I did first move home for a year and worked at home straight after school. Where I'll give you, and then and then after that year, I moved to Ashborough. I moved back. And I was a boarding supervisor for about eighteen months. Um, so that's halfway through 2018 and then I moved overseas and I was overseas until COVID and then so start of 2020 I moved back home home and then at the start of 2021 I moved back to Brisbane yeah right and I've been here since definitely been all over the place and were you running it at all mm-hmm. in those ages of like 18 to 21 or was that uh, a party time for Rory <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a party time. I did do my first ultra at 18 years old, um, but that was just based off. I signed up for one. I thought, like, this is back in 2016, and I thought, oh, I want to do a marathon. And then there was, like, on the sign-up website, it was, like, ultra 76K. Don't sign up unless you're an um, experienced runner. And I sort of said, fuck you, I can do this. And then did it off very little training but then the next two years were very much party and no running um which wasn't good and where was that then, ultra i was one of ultra in port douglas so it's sort of at port douglas along the beach and then up the range and then like to Coranda and then back down in november so it was like so hot and humid and it was like it was hell for all bar 16k yeah, wow. Was that and did you do that solo or did anyone else like participate with you at all? That was that that was like an official event. Um, but like I was doing it alone. Yeah. 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 So yeah. how was your experience like time-wise and and just getting through that physical pain in that event? Yeah, it was uh all learning. I remember I was doing good for the first bit, but I didn't realize that like probably just finals queensland time the ultra left so early there wasn't like the aid station set up where they were meant to be set up at the time and so from like 15 to 35k there was like no aid when i when there was meant to be aid and so i was like proper in the wars just like actually like i'm about to die sort of like they're like oh my god they're so far to go i was running with like a Garmin Forerunner 10 who which battery died and I was just like so lost and I was just so stubborn though and I was like yeah. I have to get through this and then eventually I got to like the aid station where my bag was where my camelback was because I knew that there was going to be 16k of unaided so I had a camelback there and then like that was the best 16k I just got like electrolytes back into me had some mandarins and oranges <laughs> and like and I was like oh I love this and then and then it was like oh you've only got 
16k to get home whatever sort of thing so it was just we just worked and pushed through still hard as hell coming back down the hill learning that running downhill sucks just as much as uphill when you bug it yeah yeah absolutely and you definitely learn a lot about nutrition then Mm. at that time yeah and it's and it's necessity yeah (laughs) (laughs) pack a little extra these days yeah slightly not anything under like no, anything under 30, I wouldn't pack anything. I can do 30, zero cal. Yeah, we know. And I did no most of my mar- yeah, I did most of my marathon zero calories as well. Yeah, right, right. Mm. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, let's just mention these PBs briefly too. We'll come back to the any events there after that. Uh, so I think you, yeah, you sent through your times a few weeks back, but um, I don't have them handy actually, but I think you gave me a 5 and 10K, is that right? Yeah, I actually redid my 5k since then. Oh, you've beaten it. I was like, yeah, because I, I sent it to you and I was like, I actually haven't had a crack at my 5k in 12 months. So I, yeah. I went out that next weekend and had a dig. What did you I go? ran like a 17.25, I think. Wow. Um, no, 17.36 because I just couldn't hold 330s. I was holding like 331 across the five and then my 10... Is 4625. 3625. 3625. Yeah, geez. Yeah, that sounds a bit more accurate. Yeah. Where was that at? Yeah, that was Noosa Tri Team Leg last year, running oh. team leg. What in the heat? Yeah. Jeez. So um, I don't do 10K on track like you. I, don't well, I, I, I try to give myself left. a half decent setup, you know, with, with fast runners, <laughs> cool temperatures, a running track. <laughs> And you're Fair. out there time trialing a five and running a leg of a noose at 10k. It's crazy. Uh, I definitely think you can get those uh, lower if if training was specific and you and you were planning mm. towards that. But uh, I mean, it's not really the focus, is it? Not always. No. Yeah. That's why they don't get updated very often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might have to pace you to parkrun or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, so uh, yeah, after that uh, that first ultra event back, what, 2016, yeah, that yeah, did that, did that set off a, a desire to do a few more, even shorter fun runs along with the longer stuff? Um, no, it didn't really. It's sort of, I don't know, yeah, like I was I was scarred from it for a bit there. I was like, oh, fuck, maybe running isn't for me. Um, and then I moved to Brisbane and just found the bottle and really didn't exercise much. Um, which was killer for my mental health turned out um, like had a very bad year in 2017 and then the summer of 17, 18, I remember seeing a photo of myself one time in 2017. It was like, Oh, you're fat now. It was just like, and it wasn't like I wasn't, wasn't huge, but I was just unhappy with how I looked. And so I remember the summer of 17, 18, um, I just got really fit again. And that's when I really fell back in love with running. Yeah, so let's delve into that 2017 time then where, yeah, you were having Mm -hmm. troubles with that. Like why, what was influencing you to drink so much? Was it just the culture around you and the highs from from doing so, from partying? Yeah, I don't, it was, yeah, it was just, that's just how it was. I went to like, I lived in a communal living, um, like all our supervisors at Ashgrove and I was there with a lot of my mates and it was the first time like, cause I don't know, the drinking was sort of controlled at home. 
because I and I didn't really drink until I turned eighteen, so it wasn't like a, it was a very new phenomenon drinking. And I just like we'd drink seven days a week and go out six days a week just because we were young, dumb, and had money and felt like it. And then little did I know the toll that it took. Um, yeah, like failed um, a couple attempts in 2017, actually. And so sort of just like hit rock bottom twice and just said, you got to change. You got to like, you know, you probably won't fail three times. So you, you better just start living and just got fit again. And that helped me in the headspace capacity, just just have something to want to do and want to live for. And then everything sort of just changed from there. Yeah. So do you think like did the alcohol specifically trigger those feelings? Or was there any other events that it, it almost made worse mentally? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame it solely on the alcohol. I think the alcohol just masked it. And then like, yeah, the, the, this problem stemmed from a whole range of things, but the alcohol was just the release and then the mask. Yeah. And how, so how many drinks like on a standard night that's sizable, how many drinks would you have? Oh, countless. <laughs> like we'd, we'd pre, like if there was three of us drinking, we'd, we'd go through two cartons easy. So, you know, 20 odd beers preing and then go out. Who knows what you have in there sort of thing. Um, but yeah, countless amounts, copious and copious. During the day, starting during the day, on day, if we didn't have work, which we're all like unemployed, except for like our little boarding commitments, we like, I don't know, we were just 18 and 19 and just didn't know better and didn't do better, essentially. Yeah. And was it a progressive thing coming out of that? Like, did you find that you were then drinking, say, uh, a couple nights a week and then into one night and then you weren't drinking? Or was it a solid moment? You're like, nah, I got to give this up. This is, uh, this is destroying everything. Yeah, I just no, I went cold turkey for a bit. I was um I went on placement, para placement in December and I just said I'm not drinking on this placement. And and I think just a month off it, like Christmas, New Year's, completely sober. I think just from there I just like and then that was also when I got super fit and like just happy with everything. I just was able to control it. And I think we also just all matured a bit more and didn't need to drink from Monday to Thursday. So it did just become sort of the weekend habit, which was which was much more manageable and containable. Yeah, so what sort of age then were you at a, at a point where it, it was starting to get better and there was like this more hope in general in life? Yeah, probably. What the hell was that, 19, 20? 1920 and then sort of went into the dumps again and then came good in my tw- like end, end half of 21. Like yeah. thought I was better at 20 and then went low again, never like as low as the first lowness, but then yeah, midway through when I was 20, when I was 21 and living overseas was sort of like the breakthrough, the, the actual breakthrough breakthrough. Yes, and these like in these real low points too. Like, what were the lows of the lows? But then also the like just the little things that you, to remind yourself that like it was okay. 
Um, well, during the lows, the lows, there, there was nothing to remind myself that it was okay. Um, like I did get as bad as it is. And then, but then when it got to like the later stages, you just like post 20, post being 21, it was sort of just like, I could accept bad days as such. Like you just, you learn to like bad days. You learn to understand. I learned to understand that like bad days are a part of life and like, in, in essence, they're just as fun as the good days because that's just the roller coaster of life. Um, so, like, by no means do I not have any bad days. I still have bad days, but I just have just a completely different perspective of bad days now. Yeah, yeah, I like that, like an acceptance that you can't always be running on a high and everything to be mm. amazingly fun and engaging every single day, but acknowledging yeah. that, that those times are just, are just a part of it. So, uh, where, where did like, did the running start to then shape this progression away from the poor mental health at all? Or was it literally first a factor like stopping the drinking and then you got into the exercise? Well, I did them, I did them together. It was like, I was like, I need to get fit and I can't keep waking yeah. up hungover if I'm going to go out and run. Um, <laughs> So it was sort of like, I just did both at the same time. So it's hard to know which one was which or was it together. Um, but like, I also just like loved, I just ended up loving running again. Like when I was, but when I was 19 and that first time I refell in love with running, I was in the gym too. Like I would run five days a week, gym five days a week. And I was just like, I was just like happy that I was fit and strong again. And everything was just like, this is so much better sort of thing. And it got to the point where I was like, someone's like, just have a drink. I was like, I don't need one or want one. Like I'm having fun at this party sober and I'm going to wake up fine and I'm going to go for a run and it's going to be excellent going for a run as well. Like I was riding all sorts of highs in December, 2017. Yeah. So did the, did the excitement step like shift from looking forward to the nighttime party scene to the, then the morning embracing that morning embracing the day mm, yeah it did and i was like oh it was just good again like waking up yeah with energy waking up early going for a run feeling fit having a shower eating and just like getting being and days just became productive and when your days are productive everything just again feels better because it's like i'm doing something and it's so much better when you when you feel like you're ticking boxes compared to when you're just like oh what did i do last night sort of hung over sort of like hiding in your bed sort of thing and how did the weight go then over those that sort of year and thereafter like any idea of how much you're weighing in at and and what the fittest weight for you has been since the the shift and the change there yeah i, I like 73 it's probably what i'm at now it was probably it probably got up to i wouldn't be surprised mid high 80s during like 2017 and then when I was living overseas, I was playing footy. So I got strong. I got to like 83, but strong. And then when I came back home, I was like, I can't be this heavy and running. So I, I have found like 73 is sort of like where I want to be at race day, sort of give or take a couple of kilos. But that low 70s is where I like to be. And do you weigh yourself much? Are you one to weigh yourself each week or anything like that? Yeah. Or changes haven't weighed myself much but like last year i'd probably weigh myself every day yeah right yeah yeah, I, yeah. like on the garment app there's a lot of there's a lot of weigh-ins sort of registered how do you feel 
at the lighter weights compared to the heavier weights, do you notice much of a difference and how so? Oh yeah, massively, especially in the running. It's just like, it's just extra sort of energy you don't have to put into it. It's easier on the knees and like easier on the joints, just less weight and just yeah, lighter. So you feel fresher, easier to breathe. Okay, so before we get into this weekend, how then did last year, like you ran a marathon every day for around 30 days as part of November. Like what actually influenced you to do that? Mm. And how on earth did you not break apart considering that the running leading up to it was was fairly bare? I know there was a few longer runs, but how did that work for you? Yeah, um, I mean, the idea sort of stemmed from um, who we all know now, Ned Brockman. He did 50 marathons back in 2020 for homelessness. And my mate's like, oh, you could do that. And I was like, oh, I don't know, like, same reaction to everyone else. I was like, nah, not a chance. Um, but then he was like, no, nah, yeah. And then I sort of thought, because I've always loved Movember and I've loved, and I've always wanted to do something that both pushes me to my extreme and be like, does something for mental health. Because even before I had my own struggles, I was always still like a big advocate for mental health. Um, and then so just more so after my own struggles. Um, so it was always like the double combo. And I just thought November 30 days, that seems more feasible than 50. And so it was sort of just, yeah, a combination of a few different thoughts. And I just, I just took it and ran with it and yeah, trained and focused and got through it. I did break sort of, but nothing like no surgery, like knees, knees and ankles and hip flexors were like destroyed. But I don't know. It was just, I got to a point where it was just, it really was just mind over matter. Like I could just, like, I feel like the body has a certain, it's broken level without anything snapping. Like I was fortunate nothing snapped. Um, and so like, I just, you can just run through all sorts of inflammation and like pains you learn at least. Like I was just, I either run through it or I don't do this thing. So yeah, I noticed you'd run a bit in Brisbane, but also in that month you were out somewhere west as well. So where where were you there, and what like what? Just tell us about some of these running routes that you actually took to complete a marathon in these runs every day. Yeah, so um, out west, my sister lives out there. We had her son's baptism, so I had to obviously <laughs> go to my nephew's baptism. So it was just like running out there and I just I was like where can I go and I just heading west of that town was just like a mine eventually like a coal mine eventually and I just dead straight road just ran for 21k and just <laughs> turned around and lugged it back home <laughs> um like some of the ones in Brizzy my house actually along the bike path like the, along the Ketchabrook all the way to Nudgee Beach and back is like a perfect marathon so that would be a constant and then other times if I was just coming home from work it would just be like just gotta run along the river <laughs> like I know from Newfound Park it's like 6k to my house or I know from Tenerife it's like 8k from to my house it's like, <laughs> like I just run up and down the river up to Hamilton or just like do the regatta QT loop a few times until it was like oh yeah 36k right I start running home <laughs> sort of thing like yeah pretty chaotic and just just had to run and just find the distance and mentally did it go in waves in terms of your 
attitude towards actually getting it done? Like, did you find even in the first couple or handful of marathons, you were thinking, geez, man, this is, this is going to be real tough or there's no way I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden you're getting through it. Or did you find that you're always adamant that you'd get there by the end? Nah, day three nearly quit. Nearly quit the whole month at day three. Um, I was just, I had like 8K to go and I was in the dark somewhere along the river and I was just like, this is so cooked. Like, I'm just ran two and a half, I'm buggered. And I was just, <laughs> just like, I oh, just get me out. Um, and then I did it. And then day four, because I was just in so much pain for the first time properly. Um, like my Achilles had like proper swollen up that day. And then day four, the pain was there from the start, but I was with my mates the whole time. And so it was just like, I just pushed through because I had their company. And then somewhere along in day five and day six, I just sort of told myself, well, like, you know, clearly you can do them sore. And that, that was a big, big uplift in morale. It was like, clearly, like your body's not getting better, but you can do it broken was sort of the, the mentality, which was a quick change, luckily. Like somewhere along day five or day six, um, I remember day six, I was so happy. Day six, I was like, someone came up to me like, like oh, you're, you're high. And I was just like, yeah, ride the highs when you're high. And I was just buzzing. Um, like it was Saturday, it was sunny. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing <laughs> shit, but like, I know I can do these now. And, and it got harder later as well, again, obviously. But like, that was the first real kick up of morale. Yeah, so for, at this point in time last year, you know, you were what, 23? Mm. was this like was this also like yep. mentally something you were thinking about that ha like had to be done in order to to get better mentally as well yeah it was sort of like like yeah like another test of ha have what i thought i'd learned and worked on is it actually secured is it like is it cemented in sort of my good habits and my good like processes through struggles and stuff like is it all because like when I first thought I got better in 2017, I was wrong. And 2018 sort of sucked, but not as much. Uh, and so it was sort of like a true test to, are you actually better? Which is always a good thing because like it's hard. You don't know if you are fully better until you get tested again of the next sort of extreme. So it was, yeah, it was a good another like fortification of my good habits and my good strong mentality. Yeah, let's talk about the following too, because if, if you compare, say, leading up to the event in day one compared to, uh, the, you know, the final days mm -hmm. of November or November, however you want to call that particular month, I felt like there was so many people that knew about it in the Brisbane area. And it almost felt like uh, Forrest Gump-esque in that, and a bit like Ned Brockman, and I would say in the fact that there literally was a following. There was people following you on foot, on the run, out there. But then I think it probably spread pretty well and quickly through apps like Strava and Instagram. Uh, I'm not sure if it was put on Facebook. I don't really go on there much these days. But you promoted it a fair bit. Like, did the numbers really pick up over the month? Yeah, they definitely did. Um, mainly like halfway through Movember, like it spread. I mean, goes to show how far it spread. I didn't tell Movember they contacted me on like day 16. So like it naturally grew to the height of Movember actually finding out. 
but like I, I was in the news on day 13 um, on Channel 9 and it really blew up post, post Channel 9. So, yeah, the back half, I think even with Ned's thing, like people, there's also a lot of doubt that first half and then it's like just astronomically increases, like exponentially just goes, oh, he's going to do it. Oh, this is happening. So, yeah, definitely, definitely the back, the back half was reached all parts, I'm sure. Yeah, so in terms of like, the, what was the biggest turnout of runners at the end or during a run for you? Yeah, probably probably day 30. Um, but, and like day 30 would have had, oh, I don't know, there would have been 50 odd people. I was looking around New Farm Park on that day 30 and there was like people in front of me for a couple hundred metres, people behind me for a couple hundred metres, just like heaps of people just running on that final day. Were there people that you hadn't ever met as well? Oh, yeah, probably like that, like half. Like I didn't know or like I'd met them that month, and but I didn't know them prior. Like they'd come running with me on day 20 maybe um, and I hadn't met them. So I met so many people, like random people just messaged me. Like, oh, I want to run with you. Where are you going to be tomorrow? And I just go, oh, yeah. And then so you run with a stranger, have a yarn for an hour, and which was a good distraction as well. Like that helped plenty of strangers i think i recall seeing a photo in one of those shelters at new farm park with a number of people in it just wasn't sure about a mm. certain count but um yeah I, I just wanted to confirm that that yeah that last day was on the ring road around new farm park only not out on the actual uh, boardwalks and uh the pathways along there correct last yeah. day was it was solely on the ring road yeah you set up like water stations and stuff Oh, there's enough taps there. But again, yeah. like I would have my camelback. So that's all I did. But yeah, there's like plenty of water, like public water. Um, so yeah, didn't have anything set up. But yeah, I mean, after that was like a barbecue and a celebration. But yeah. 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 Okay. So and mentally, emotionally and physically after that month, how how did you go in that those weeks and months like after? Because people talk about running a marathon many people talk about it affecting the way they feel, even the stronger runners, it can affect them for weeks. So how did you feel after doing 30 odd marathons? Yeah. Um, physically I was pretty sore. Most <laughs> of it like naturally healed. <laughs> like obviously I was sore, but like a lot of it healed probably like in that week, like most inflammation started to go down and like the ankles and the knees and, like the muscles had sort of lost their, like lost their soreness. So like everything was sort of starting to be like, oh yeah, you're not too broken. Um, but like my lower back was still cooked after a week just from like compression of the whole month, like 1266K over the month. My, like just my spine was sore. So I went and got like a, like a massage to like really loosen my lower back and, um, that was the first time the body, like the next day, that next afternoon, my body was like first day felt good in, you know, 45 days. So that was, that was good. And then mentally there was a bit of a, like a bit of a big come down actually um, of just like endorphins and everything. And like, I didn't hit rock bottom, but it was like, it was like, Oh, I actually feel like shit sort of in a way. Cause it was just such a, yeah, such a come down from, endorphins and dopamine and stuff yeah i had a similar feeling this year after the gold coast half marathon and only one of them 
like I put so much effort into training towards the event and people to experience mm. that, like all their emotional and physical being and capacities leading into these events and they, they do it and uh, achieve well. But then after there's, yeah, there's this sense of, well, what's next? I need my next fix. And, and they do experience that low. So I can only imagine mm. that there would have been a, like almost uncontrollable time there for a bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like 13 months in the making. Um, and, and luckily there's a guy in the goalie, um, forest goat, Jake Malby. I don't know if you know him. Uh, he did it years ago and he actually contacted me on day 30 and was like, I just want you to know, you're probably going to have like a serious come down in the following few weeks. Um, which was good to get that little heads up. Cause then when it hit me, I was sort of like, like I reached out to my connections and to like my mates that I know I can like, that I go through sort of my bad times with. And I was like, like, holy, like, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, it was actually like quite like shocking sort of like, Oh wow, this is a massive come down. Yeah, so do you think in that there's a, a need then for people with their running to be consistent with it? So a bit like the drinking in a way where people might have a really big weekend or really big week or month of drinking and then they want to stop entirely and all of a sudden it's really difficult. Do you think that moderation through running and balance mm. is important as well? And that's a tough question for you because you, you're a man of experience. Yeah, I'm a bit of a man of extremes. I think, I think consistency is key just to being able to continue to do it anyway. Um, not really to like, again, I guess to avoid the come downs, but the come downs probably just come from the extremes. But like, I think consistency is key to running regardless of like avoiding come downs, just in general, being able to do it adequately and like to progress and get better is consistency is always key. All right, so heading into this weekend, uh, 180K, when is this from, mate? Is it Friday night leading into Saturday morning? Yeah, Friday night leading into Saturday Arvo. So it'll take, it's a 5 p.m. finish on Saturday, but it'll take me 19, hopefully, 19 hours. So I'm starting 10 p.m. Friday night. Okay, so is that, is that why, why 10 p.m. at night? Is that, to, is that to escape the heat? But then you're running through the heat of Saturday anyway. Yeah, no, it was, it stemmed from the finish time. I wanted to finish at five because I remember last year I finished late and it wasn't good to finish in the dark. So I was thinking if I can finish at five, I just went, that's the plan. And then I'll go back off and I'm just giving myself 19 hours to do this thing. And so that's just 10 p.m. It was more based off finish motive, not like starting motive. Yeah, and I guess that caters too for those out there wanting to join in on the Saturday as well and a, a good day to generally promote the event. Yeah, yeah. So Saturday was always just a better day. Um, it's just I just have to go into Friday to get this thing done, essentially. Um, and it's I, so I think now that I've thought about it more, it'll be good, I reckon, because the first six hours in the dark, I will be relatively fine. Like. I'm pretty okay to run for six hours. And so the darkness, like being alone and dark, that won't really bother me. And then hopefully during the heat and during the exhaustion of the day and the run, there will be people there. And then there will be the sort of the motivation of external factors to help get through the grind rather than 
starting in the day and finishing in the dark on your own when there's no one there. So what does Wednesday and Thursday look like? like? Is there any preparation in terms of bedtimes, like going to bed later or anything like that? And also uh, carbohydrate loading before the weekend? Yeah, eating. we'll be eating pasta tonight and we'll be like socking up for the weekend. I will go to bed later on Thursday and then get up early and then do a few things in the morning. But then I'll sleep from like 11 a.m. and get back up at 8 or 8.30, Friday night. So I'll sleep most of Friday is the plan. Yes, how do you do that? How do you just go to bed at midday and expect to be able to sleep? Oh, I'm pretty good at just sleeping. Like, I don't sleep a lot, but I'm very good at it. Like, I sacrifice sleep for other things, but I do, like, night shift at the Wesley every now and again, so I'm pretty good at sleeping through the day, just, you know, shut my eyes and just conk it. <laughs> yeah, so you'd be out there with your camel back on for hydration and, and stopping at taps if needed to fill up, but what about nutrition? What's your plans with nutrition for this 19-hour uh, run? Yeah, I will have um, just a lot of different sort of foods because I've done a hundred. I've done a hundred k before, like the glass house hundred last year, and I don't know. Sometimes I would just want chocolate. Other times I'd want a sandwich. Other times, you know, like my desire would change. So I'm just gonna have heaps of variety and just a lot of food. Like plenty of chocolate, plenty of chips, like two-minute noodles, sandwiches, um, like lollies, just lots. Because I don't know, it's hard to plan of, like in that moment what I want. So it's just cover my bases and have plenty of it and plenty of plenty of plenty of um, liquid of both water and electrolytes. Yeah, and uh, will there be anyone supporting, like a, a support crew to to give you this food and stuff or, or are you just going to put it on a table for yeah. that first part and stop in when you need it overnight um no yeah like it will be on the table but i will have my crew my crew will be there luckily my two good mates are going to be there the whole 19 hours um so they will be guarding the, the tent and the, the kit yeah wow so are they even runners or are they just supporting you Um, one's a runner and a, like, and a cyclist, he does a lot of training with me and a lot of, like a lot of our stuff is done together. And another one is not as much of a runner, but just as good as a mate sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So in terms of like, have you spread the word a fair bit and how many people you're hoping to, to get there through the, the day of Saturday? Yeah, I think I've tried to spread the word a bit. I can't ever guarantee though how many people are going to want to come and run however far i imagine based off last year like 50 i'm sort of expecting but you know it's got potential to get lots of different people i think towards the end it'll really start to ramp up like that three to five o'clock there'll be a lot and there'll be a lot of run clubs and park runners at the seven o'clock seven in the morning shift but through midday and stuff it'll it'll be hard to tell how many might just be my very like reliable 10 people yeah i gather you're just imagining uh ned brockman coming into sydney and similar scenes around new farm park (laughs) definitely (laughs) (laughs) now put out a instagram 
post to get some questions off you. This interview has happened or been organised pretty suddenly today, so there hasn't been much time, but it appears that I've got no questions here <laughs> for you. Uh, so I wish I had more time in preparation for that. I wonder if you, you reposted that, if you had any. Um, I don't think the questions come to me. One second, because it was just reposting yours, so I'd have to go back onto you. Um, but no, I don't have any that I can see at the moment. We didn't exactly give the people very long. No, I'm looking at about an hour. That's been up for not much. I'll see if anything comes through. I'll somehow uh, get back to you and use them in some kind of way. Um, so I've got my no own in preparation. I've got Excellent. six, six here. You ready? Yep. Okay. If you were to pick your favorite ever run race, like, or training run, which, which run would it be? Would it be one of those Movember runs last year? Oh, maybe. I loved the 100K, the Glasshouse 100 last year. I did love that. That was just like a really big moment in like, I don't know, mentally and morally and like running and like just a big significance to me is like I, I finally ticked off the 100K. Um, so maybe that one, probably the hardest one too, but that makes it the best as well, I guess. All right, best regular and destination running route, like a, a, a route that you think is great for training around Brisbane that you enjoy, but then one away that you've done as a one-off or just here and there that was like really amazing. Yeah, love running the inaugural reservoir. It's, like, it's a bit of a bigger run, but like it's a good, that's a great run for training and social because you just go for a swim after. Um, and then I sort of like, I know if I go home, I just love running at home again, just along the beach or along this, along the place I grew up was always fun. So running, why would running be better than any other physical activity? How would you sell it to someone? Oh, I think, I think it's the quickest way to like, it's the most productive to begin with. And it's the most sociable and it's the cheapest and easiest. Great. What about top three things running can offer to people mentally though this time? Or a few uh, things that come to mind? Yeah, just peace of mind, like clarity through whether having those conversations with yourself while running or just like finding peace while running. Um, it also just puts everything into perspective like you can get things built up in your head but when you're running like you stop caring about the little things as much and yeah no it's just it's just a good time alone to think about what matters more it is sort of thing all right so advice for those who are actually wanting to run who never have run before or maybe tried and gave up yeah just um you probably, if it was too hard, it's probably because you're just trying, like you're running too fast. Like just be like, be modest with where you're at. I started running, like when I re restarted running, I was doing four Ks and that was a bit of jog, bit of walk. And now I'm going to run 180, hopefully. So just know, like know your limits and just be okay with, if you can only run 4K, only run 4K. 
All right, final one, mate. I think this this summarizes the the premise of the whole interview. Uh, this one's advice for those who are struggling with hope in their life right now or in the last few weeks or months or years. What advice do you have for those people? How, how might running help? Um, I would say focus on the good and running might help because especially if you haven't done it before, it might just give you a new perspective of a new joy and it'll, it, you may not believe me, but it'll give you more energy and it'll make you start being more productive. And through that, hopefully you can find a bit more joy. Fantastic, mate. That's great advice. Uh, and thank you again for being on here tonight. I haven't done any actual interviews, I think, during the week. They're normally a weekend. So much appreciate your time on a school night, so to speak. But uh, I thought it was fitting leading into your 180K run this weekend at New Farm. So if you want to join Rory uh, from any time, if that's what you're after, 10 p.m. Friday, that's, that's pretty tough, though, through the night. But uh, mm. I'm looking probably at people more so to join from the early hours of around probably four or five Saturday morning through to a expected finish time at 5 p.m. So definitely wishing you the best of luck. If uh, if I'm running fit and healthy by then, certainly would love to join you. Might do a long run out there and run a few Ks uh, with you on Saturday. So, yeah, good luck. It's all steady pace for those listeners thinking yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, what pace is it? Yeah, first 90, like. 5.45 and then I've booked in about 6.10, 6.15 for the last 90. Yep. So no no PBs getting cracked people listening. Like don't be thinking I'm too slow to run because also it's a loop so you can just get caught up or sit down and come back in sort of thing. Well mate, I'll post this up uh, probably tomorrow get the word out and uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be runners listening and particularly in those groups that I mentioned earlier uh, and within your friendship circle. So do spread the word and yeah, hopefully the, the, the whole idea of this interview has spread the word about the impact running can have on people's lives away from uh, competition and results and having such a drive for something that is a drive for others. But uh, for you, it seems to be uh, for a better way of living in life. So appreciate your words. Mm. No worries. Thanks for that hit me up and having the having the chat legend looking forward to that ned brockman arrival at newcastle <laughs> <Park. laughs> <laughs> <I'd> stitch up <laughs> all right see you buddy cheers thanks